to your return. And we know that when you do return, we're going to stand with you on that day. We thank you, Lord, again, for that blessed hope that's ours. And so, God, this morning, just speak to our hearts. Help us, Lord, to hear your voice and to understand, Lord, these last days. Thank you, God, that you didn't leave us in the dark. But, God, you've given us, you've shed light. You've given us light so that we can understand and know your plan and purpose. So, God, we commit ourselves to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Thank you, band. Last week, uh, I preached a message called, Don't Be Afraid. Do not be frightened. And I know that some of you have been frightened about these last days. This uh, movie that's come out, 2012, has, has frightened not just uh, believers, but uh, especially unbelievers. And... NASA, as you may remember me saying last week, is reporting just an unprecedented numbers of, of emails from people who are terrified and want to know what's going on, what's happening in these last days. And the fact of the matter is, is that NASA doesn't know. They don't know what's happening in these last days. But uh, we do know somebody who does. His name is Jesus. And Jesus has spoken to us clearly about these last days, and he's given us very clear instructions not to be afraid. He said, do not be frightened. Tell that person beside you, do not be frightened. Go ahead, tell them right now. Do not be frightened. Now, did that help? Do you feel a bit better now? <laughs> do not be frightened. You have nothing to be afraid of. And I'll tell you why you don't have anything to be afraid of. Because you're not alone. How many know today, if you put your faith in Christ, you're not alone? You have a Savior. You have a Lord. And uh, he's promised never to leave you nor forsake you. And that, by the way, as some of you know, is one of my favorite scripture passages. It's a promise that I, I camp on. It's a promise that I, I remind the Lord of all the time. Lord, you promised <laughs> never to leave me nor forsake me. Lord, you promised that you would be with me. And I want you to know today that God has given us his promises so that you would not be fearful, so that you would have courage, so that you would have hope, so that you would have peace. Now, Jesus, Jesus said that he gives us a peace that the world cannot give. And wonderfully, the world cannot take it away. This peace belongs to all those who put their faith in Christ. Now, if you don't know Christ, if you, if Christ is not your Lord and Savior, well then, um, I can't offer you the promise not to be frightened. Um, if I didn't have my, my blessed hope, if I didn't have the assurance from the scripture that, that, that my life is in God's hands, then, uh, probably I would be fearful. Probably I would be afraid. And I want you to know that for the believer, for the believer, fear has no, no part in their life. Because the Bible says that perfect love does what? It casts out all fear. And so if you haven't experienced that yet in your life, then I want to encourage you to ask Jesus into your heart. I want to encourage you to say, Lord Jesus, I want to be fearless. I want to have your peace. I don't want to be afraid. So as we begin this morning, I want to remind you that the great hope of every Christian is, in fact, the second coming of Christ. How many know that today? That is your great hope. And some people 
believe that their great hope is that God's going to take away all their problems and never, ever have a problem again. How many since you became a Christian never, ever had a problem ever again? You know, you know that you've had a few problems along the way. Some people think that the great hope of every believer is that you're never, ever going to get sick again. Uh, Anybody here never been sick since they became a Christian? Maybe there's one or two of you. You're an anomaly. (laughs) You're not the norm. You're not normal. (laughs) The fact of the matter is that even the apostle Paul was afflicted. Uh, Timothy was afflicted. Uh, Many of the many uh, Christians uh, experience and have experienced illness. But if you thought that your great hope, the great hope of every believer is that you'd never be sick, then, then you don't understand uh, God. You don't understand his word. You don't know the truth. Some think that their great hope is that once you became a Christian, uh, you'd get rich and have everything you ever, ever dreamt of. All your dreams would come true. But I'm telling you today that the great hope of every believer is that Jesus is coming again. You say, I'm not exactly sure why that would be my great hope, Pastor. I'll tell you why. Because when Jesus comes again, he ushers in his reign. When sickness and poverty and death and disease no longer has any hold over you and me. That is our great hope. When Jesus comes again, my friends, you and I are set free. And you and I know a peace and a joy and a wholeness that this world just cannot offer. Second Timothy 4.8, we are those who are looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. When Jesus comes again, Satan is conquered once and for all. That means, my friends, the temptation will never, no longer have a hold on you. Some would say amen to that. <laughs> When, when Jesus comes, Satan is conquered, and that means death no longer has a hold on you. It means you will no longer be separated from your loved ones. When Jesus comes, you will be free of illness, sickness, disease. But my friends, that has to do with the world to come. That has to, that has to do with Jesus' new reign. Now, Jesus tells us what it's going to be like in answer to the, the apostles' uh, question. Tell us, Lord, what will it be like? What will it be like at the end of the age? And Jesus tells them. Wonderful sermon in Matthew 24 and 25. Jesus tells the disciples what it will be like at the end of, at the end of the time, at the end of the, of the age, end of days. He tells them what to do and how to be ready. And so if you've got your Bibles, take them, please, and turn to Matthew 24. And in just a few moments, uh, we're actually going to be uh, reading through uh, the passages passages from 8 to 14. And Jesus says this, and uh, after telling them about some of the signs, and I've shared with you some of those signs, uh, Jesus says you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars, uh, but see to it that you are not alarmed, and don't be afraid. That's what he's saying here. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. It's not going to come yet. Then Jesus says, nation will rise against nation. Looking at verse 7 of Matthew 24. Kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And verse 8, look at this. All these are the beginning of the birth pains. It's just the beginning. Now, Jesus goes on to say something else. that A lot of Bible scholars, a lot of preachers and teachers like to skip over this passage because it's not a comfortable passage. And I've got to tell you this morning, you look at me for a moment. 
When I was ordained, I had to take an oath that I would preach the full counsel of the gospel. In other words, don't just preach the, the comfortable and exciting and happy parts, but preach it all. How many know that today? And one thing you will know is when you come to this church is that Pastor Allen will be faithful to preach the full counsel of the gospel. I'm not going to leave out bits and pieces just so that you can go home feeling all warm and fuzzy all the time. How many know that sometimes we've got to hear the things that we maybe don't feel comfortable with? Everybody understands that? You know that when you come here that you're going to hear the full counsel of the gospel. So you say, Pastor, with that kind of a lead-up, uh, doesn't sound very good what's to come. <laughs> well, let me, let me share with you what, what it says here in verse 9. Let's take a look at this. Uh, in Matthew 24, starting at verse 9, Jesus says, Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. Now, how would, who's in favor of cutting that out of the Bible? <laughs> That's just not too comfortable. We don't, we don't, we don't want to hear that part. And yet Jesus says it. This is the thing about Jesus in, in teaching us and preaching to us. He tells us the truth. And he tells the believers what's going to happen. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and even hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And look at this. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. I want us to unpack that passage of scripture this morning. And the first thing we do have to, I do have to tell you, I do have to admit it. And I have to declare it to you, but there will be persecution of believers before the end comes. How many understand that today? Some of you will, will have missed that persecution. Some of you have already experienced that kind of persecution in your own life. Some of you have had family members turn against you. Some of you have had family members despise you because of your faith. I had that happen in my own family, my own life. My, my own dear grandmother, who has passed on now, uh, uh, mocked me and ridiculed me my whole life because of my faith and because of, of my profession. You've heard me say it before. She'd much rather I be a shoe salesman at, at Eaton's than be a pastor. And I'm so glad I was not a shoe sale, salesman at Eaton's. And you know why. Eaton's doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Jesus says you will be persecuted and put to death. And you'll be hated by all nations because of me. Now I'm going to say this to you this morning. And Scotty, I've got a, I've got a the two minute warning from Chuck Colson. I'd like us to play in just a moment. And as you're getting that set up and ready to go, uh, let me just, let me just say this to you. Never in the history of the West, the Western world, never in the history of the Western world have Christians been so reviled and hated as they are right now. Do you hear me? The interesting thing, my friends, is that the foundation of Western culture and society that we know today is based on Judeo-Christian values. Isn't that interesting? And suddenly, it, and it really has just happened in the last, in the last few years, really, Christians and their values are reviled, they're hated, and ridiculed at, at every turn. And um, I'd like us to, to see then that, that clip from Chuck Colson. Go ahead, show us that clip. The football team gets real serious.
Some of you may recognize Chuck Colson. He was, uh, he was uh, part of the Nixon team. He was uh, quite a, a ruthless uh, politician, a ruthless man. And God got a hold of his life and uh, actually went to prison because of his crimes. But God got a hold of his life. And um, he, he uh, began a ministry in prisons. And then from there, he became... A, uh, you might call him a prophet for, for our age, for our day. And I have to tell you, he's one of my, um, one of my favorite authors, but a godly man who is able to read what's happening in our times. Now, I just want to just remind you of some of the things that Chuck Colson warned us about. And, and it's not just Chuck Colson reminding us of these things. Uh, you've heard me remind you of these things my, uh, yourself. Uh, he talked about, um, uh, being able to, to function according to your conscience. Doctors, he says, are going to be forced to do abortions. And uh, that actually has, has already taken place. There have been lawsuits. There have been doctors who have lost their licenses to practice because they refused to do abortions, because they refused to do what people wanted them to do. And they could not, they could not say or hide behind uh, their, their conscience. They could not say, I don't believe in this, so therefore I don't want to do it. Some of you may have remembered recently, uh, uh, actually just, just before the election of, of um, Barack Obama, John McCain was being interviewed by Ellen on The Ellen Show. And, uh, of course, the very, almost the very first thing that Ellen has to say to John McCain is, uh, do you support gay marriage? And John McCain, of course wanting to not lose the Christian vote, said he was against it. It was the first time that a guest had ever been booed on the Ellen Show. Now, for some of us, we think, oh, well, it's just politics. But I'm telling my friends that there's something much deeper happening in our country today. There's a pastor in England who was arrested, arrested for preaching from a text in the scripture. It's 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 10. And it says this. Do you not, now, I don't know if we're recording this or not. I'm putting it on our website. And I don't know if anybody here is going to get upset with me. I'm going to just tell you what the scripture says. This is the text that he read from. And for reading this text, he was arrested. Gloria, I may not be coming home tonight for reading this. It says, do you know, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be, do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. For that, for saying that, he was arrested. And right now what's happening, my friends, is that the, the Bible is being called hate literature. And there are some, some very liberal uh, theologians that would like to see us remove from the Bible those passages that, that condemn homosexuality. People don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear God's plan. What they want to do is they want to recreate God and the Word of God in their own image. In other words, they want to make the Bible fit with their experience and their own prejudice and their own ideas. My friends, this is why believers are going to be persecuted. Because what we stand for is for truth. 
And it goes against what humanity wants. Now, please understand something this morning. The day is coming, and it may have come for some of you already, where you will be persecuted for what you believe. You stand for truth. You stand for what the Scripture says. Do you understand what happens, my friends, when you start cutting out passages of Scripture? The thing, the, what happens is that where does it end? Where does it stop? What parts do you accept and what parts do you reject? We're living definitely in the last days. We are seeing things and hearing things we've never heard before. The sanctity of life is, uh, is on the block these days. Euthanasia. It's put to death people that don't want to live anymore. We are ridiculed for believing that God created the earth. That's what people are being, that's what we're being ridiculed for. When the unbeliever reads what it says in Genesis chapter one, chapter two, they mock us, they laugh at us, and those who are of weak faith, they cave in. And they leave the faith, which we'll talk about in just a moment, about the apostasy of believers. But my friends, understand something right now. The media is not our friend. Those people who are, who have got the soapbox, so to speak, the talking heads, they're opposed to our faith. They're opposed to what we believe. If you've ever watched The View or Bill Maher, did I say that right, Taryn? Or Joy, Joy Behar, who's got her own show now. You, 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 you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that these people are absolutely anti-Christ, anti-truth, anti-Bible, anti-church, anti-Christian. My friends, this is our present reality. And you could say, oh, this sounds terrible. But I have to remind you once again that Jesus said this is, this is what will happen just before he comes. My friends, we're living in the last days and Jesus is coming soon. I have to say to you, Maranatha, friends, the Lord is coming soon. And you don't need to be afraid if you put your faith in him. But can I remind you to do this? Can I remind you to stand firm in the midst of persecution? If you hear somebody coming against you and what you believe, what you stand for, don't be shocked. Don't be surprised. Don't get angry. Don't try to get even. Understand that this is what Jesus said was going to happen. The question is this. Will you stand firm in the midst of this persecution? Jesus says that some people won't stand firm. In fact, he says that there will be an apostasy. Let's look at that next passage of Scripture. Jesus says that at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. What does that word apostasy mean? It means very simply the renunciation of religious belief or allegiance. In other words, you come to the place where you say, you know what, I'm, I'm not swallowing this stuff anymore. I'm not going along with what my parents have taught me all my life. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to believe my own thing. Jesus says that this apostasy, apostasy will be marked by betrayal and hatred. And some of you know that recently the Anglican Church met together over the issue of homosexuality amongst the clergy. 
Some believe that, it was almost half and half, some believe that, that homosexuals should be allowed to be ordained, and some, many did believe otherwise, and it caused a massive split in this ancient institution called the Anglican Church. And I know some of you may be sitting here today saying, oh, I don't really know that much about it. It's not, not a big deal. It doesn't affect me. Well, I got, I, got a, I got a surprise for you. It's coming to us next. This will be something that every believer is going to have to come face to face with. Jesus says in Luke 21, verse 16, you will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. Who would believe that your mother, your brother, your 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 father, your sister would betray you even to death. And yet Jesus says that's exactly what's to come. Should you be afraid? No, don't be afraid. Because Jesus also says that not those who stand firm, not one hair in their head will be harmed. Understand something, friends. I, I got to remind you this because this is something that's really difficult for us here in the West to get a hold of. But this world is not our home. Did you you remember that? This world is not our final resting place. How many understand today that Jesus has called us to become part of his company of the redeemed? He has called us to be part of his kingdom. His kingdom which will never be conquered. His kingdom which will last forever. The question is this, will you stand firm, especially in these last days, when your faith will be tested? When your, when your commitment, when your love for Christ will be tested? Will you stand firm? Jesus says that there's going to be false prophets. Many false prophets will appear to deceive many people. When you hear the word prophet, you think of maybe somebody in a long gown with a sandwich board and, and long beard standing up and acting, acting kind of kooky. What we're talking about here, when we talk about false prophets, we're just talking about, we're talking about preachers who preach, who don't preach the full counsel of the gospel. That's what Jesus is talking about here. We're talking about preachers who don't preach everything that Jesus tells them to preach. And Paul warns Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, 3, for the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. They're going to want a, a, a perversion of the truth to make them feel good. Instead, Paul says, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Now, I think, I think it's safe to say that, uh, that I've never been one to make anybody's itchy ears feel better. <laughs> and I wish I could. I wish so much that I could tell you all the things that you want to hear to make you feel all warm and fuzzy and cuddly all over. But the fact of the matter is I've got to preach to you the full counsel of the gospel. And Jesus says that the time is coming and many will turn away from the faith, will betray and hate each other. And because of the, wicked, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. People want their itching ears to be itched in just the right way so they feel good. Have you ever had an itch? Nothing feels better than to have that itch itched. <laughs> Nothing feels better. It's one of the great great benefits of being married. Dear, can you get it right between the shoulder blade, down to the left, over to the right a little bit, get down about a centimeter, get back a bit. You know what I'm talking about, and she gets it, and it's just, oh, that's wonderful. 
Or you have to be Baloo the bear, just get it, find a good tree. And just... Jesus is saying there's people are looking for just the right tree. Where they're going to... They're going to feel satisfied. Now, here's the thing. We want our preachers to, to tell us, I, I can marry and divorce whoever I want. I can... I can live as I please as long as I don't hurt anyone. I can drink and do drugs as long as I don't, as long as I go to church. I can pursue my own agenda and God will help me. God wants me to be rich. God wants all my dreams to come true and on and on and on. But my friends, that is not my job. My job is to tell you the truth. Jesus says in these last days there's going to be an increase of wickedness. Shaw Cable called and said, we've got a special deal for, for you. You can have TV. Free of charge for six months. So I thought, well, I'm going to give it a try. I can see CNN and find out how close we are to the end of the world. <laughs> and I said, the only way I'll have it is if I can block the channels that are inappropriate. And they said, well, you can actually. And so what I did is I punched in my code, and I've locked off everything that is inappropriate. All the, the family guy locked off. Homer Simpson locked off. Uh, anything that's 14 plus or 18 or R-rated, everything's everything's blocked off. So guess what happens when you try to watch TV at our house? You can watch cartoons. <laughs> you can watch, uh, what else can you watch? You can watch the HGTV, the Home and Garden t- Network, which my wife's addicted to now. Uh, <laughs> so am I. We're just kidding here, right, right dear? <laughs> but there's not much you can watch. There's not much you can watch. And you want to know something? With this increase of wickedness, Christians... You're, I want to tell you this. You get you get accustomed to it. You get acclimated to it. So you don't even realize that what you're watching is something that is filthy, something that's evil, something that is unacceptable, something that is unholy. There's even a show on called How to Look Good Naked. I want to poke up my mind's eye when I think of such a thing. My friends, we're living in the last days. And you know what? Christians are being seduced by the world as much as anybody is. You know that. Because many of you are sitting here today, you're saying, yeah, that's true. I, I, that's true. And Jesus warns that this is what will bring about an apostasy of believers. Believers falling away from the faith. My friend, if there's ever been a time when you need to take a stand, it's now. There's ever been a time in your life when you've got to start saying, you know what, here's where I stand. This is what I believe. It's now. Because you are on the verge of sliding away. Jesus says the love of most will grow cold because of the increase of wickedness. Did you hear that? The love of most will grow cold because of the increase in wickedness. Now what you're hearing today is a warning from God. If you could just for a moment, just blank me out and just hear the voice of God. He's giving you a warning today. And I ask you the question, how are you living your life? What are you watching on TV? What movies are you going to see? And you know that the wickedness in this world is increasing at an alarming rate. And I'm going to tell you something, that there's not much difference between a believer and an unbeliever today. This is not old-fashioned hellfire and brimstone preaching. This is just the truth that you know. 
In fact, many of you, if you, if you had it in you, you could stand up here and preach exactly the same message based on your experience. Now, let the Spirit of God speak to your heart today, my friends, because we're living in dangerous days. It's time for us to stop and consider how we are living, what we are doing with our time and with our resources. Because there is going to be an apostasy. There are going to be a number who will fall away. And some of you are sitting here this morning, you're saying, Pastor, it won't be me. And my question to you is this, are you sure? Are you sure? Remember Peter said to Jesus, I won't deny you. I won't deny you. Jesus said, yeah, you will. And not just once, but three times. And Peter did. Make sure you, my friends, that your love for Christ has not grown cold. Because Jesus says in Revelation, I wish that you were hot or cold, but because you're not, because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. You won't have any part in my kingdom. You say, Pastor, what should I do? Well, Jesus tells us in in verse 13, Jesus says, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. He who stands firm to the end, he who stands for truth, he who embraces the word of God and does not slide, backslide. He who makes sure that he gives attention to the way he lives or she lives her life. That's what it means to stand firm. And Jesus says, you will be saved. I wish, I, I so wish that when you come to church on Sunday morning, I could do a 30 minute uh, comedy routine for you and just make you laugh. And feel good. Get the old endorphins bubbling and just make you feel wonderful. I wish I could just read a few Bible verses to you about happy things. Pat you on the head and send you on your way. But that's not what I was called to do. I was not called to be a comedian. I was not called to give you a pep talk. I was told, called to tell you the truth. And Jesus is calling us in these end times to stand firm. And so I'm going to challenge all of you. And this challenge goes to me and my family as well. I'm going to challenge you to examine how you're living your life. I want to challenge you to, to examine what's going on in your family right now. And see whether or not you're standing firm or not. Parents, ask your kids, do you think we're standing firm? Kids, ask your parents, you think I'm standing firm? My friends, I wish I could just skip through this passage. I wish I could say that you're never going to have any problems now that you've become a Christian. I wish I could say that you're going to ret- God wants you to retire when you're 55 health, to be healthy and wealthy. You're going to live to 100, and then you're going to slip quietly into eternity. I wish I could tell you you're not going to have any aches and pains. I wish I could tell you you're going to be rich. I wish I could tell you that all your dreams are going to come true. But I have to tell you the truth. In the Old Testament, King Ahab wanted direction from God. He wanted to know if he should go up and attack Ramoth Gilead. And so he uh, called the prophets, and all the prophets They knew that the way to make the king happy was to tell the king whatever he wanted to hear. 
And so the king said, should I go up and will I win? And they all said, yes, you go for it, king. You're the best. You're talented. You're a skilled warrior. You're a skilled fighter. You go. You go, king. Because whatever you want, you're going to get. And this king says, okay, where's the prophet Micaiah? I want to hear what he's got to say. And so the prophet Micaiah says, 1 Kings 22, verse 14, As surely as the Lord lives, I can tell you, I can tell him only what the Lord tells me. As surely as the Lord lives, I can only tell King Ahab what the Lord tells me. And when Micaiah the prophet, the preacher, arrived and the king asked him, Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead or shall I refrain? Micaiah, I really want to go and win this war. This is going to add to my treasury. It's going to make me richer. It's going to make, it's going to really exalt me in the eyes of the neighboring kings. I want to know if I can do this. Am I going to win this war? And Micaiah says, attack and be victorious, he answered, for the Lord will give it into the king's hand. And King Ahab says, Micaiah, how many times must I make you swear to tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? King Ahab knows that Micaiah is just pulling his chain, just telling him what he wants to hear. Did you hear that? And the king says, how many times must I swear? You're going to tell me the truth in the name of the Lord. Then Micaiah says, all right. I saw all Israel scattered on the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, these people have no master. Let each one go home in peace. And the king of Israel said to the king of Judah, Jehoshaphat, Now see, didn't I tell you he never prophesies anything good about me, but only bad. Let the Spirit of God speak to your heart this morning. I have to tell you the truth. The truth of the matter is, is that God's calling you and I to stand firm in these last days. God is calling us to watch our hearts and to be careful that we're not led astray by false preachers and teachers, to make sure that our hearts are don't grow cold because of the increasing wickedness that we engage in. The fact of the matter is, Jesus calls us to stand firm in the midst of persecution, which he promised from day one. He calls us to stand firm in the midst of betrayal, hatred, false teaching, and the increase of wickedness. Barry, would you come right now? I've asked Barry to sing a song. I wish we'd all been ready. And some of you, if you've been Christians for years, you remember that back in the, I think it was back in the late 70s, uh, there were some frightening things happening. Remember the Bay of Pigs? Remember the, missile, the Cuban Missile Crisis? There were dangerous days. Russia invaded Afghanistan. The people were sure that the end was near. A few decades before that, Israel became a nation. And Bible scholars, by and large, agreed that, yes, we're coming to the end. This is one of the songs that I remember so clearly, and, and those of you who were, have been Christians for a few years, you remember it. Barry, would you sing that 
for us. I wish we'd all been ready.